This month's episodes concern a topic that can be traumatic, uncomfortable, or even activating for some listeners. The Passionate Stewardship Podcast and brand do not aim to evoke this response in anyone. Instead, we want to bring education, awareness, hope, and healing to anyone who is a victim and survivor of domestic violence. If you or someone you know is currently a victim of domestic violence, help and support are available. Please call your local domestic violence response organization or contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233. The call is free and confidential and someone is available to support you 24-7, 365 days a year. You can also chat online or text START, that's S-T-A-R-T, to 88788. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey now, and welcome back to another episode of the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. So welcome to another month, everyone. Happy October. A lot going on this month. It is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So if you are a survivor of breast cancer, shout out to you, sending you love and light. If you are currently in treatment, we are sending you so much positive energy your way. October is also recognized as Domestic Violence Awareness Month. This month is set aside to raise awareness, support victims and survivors, encourage education and prevention, promote resources, and also advocate for laws that impact our primary and also our secondary victims of violence. This month, we empower communities and we remember the victims who have lost their lives. Here in the state of North Carolina, since last October, over 53 individuals have lost their lives due to domestic violence and the youngest was 10 years old. That number is extremely high. And if you ask me, one life lost, to domestic violence is too high. Based on national data, it is estimated that one in four women and one in seven men experience severe physical violence, sexual violence, or stalking by an intimate partner. You know, these experiences can result in injury, fear, post-traumatic stress disorder, use of, you know, victim services, and contraction of a sexually transmitted disease. One in six and one in 19 men have experienced stalking during their lifetime. The majority are stalked by someone they know. An intimate partner stalks about six in 10 female victims and four in 10 male victims. 
at least 5 million acts of domestic violence occur annually to women aged 18 years and over, with 3 million involving men. So when individuals hear domestic violence or intimate partner violence, they only think of physical violence. However, domestic violence is a pattern of coercive behavior in which one person attempts to control another through threats or actual use of tactics, which may include any or all of the following, and that's physical, sexual, verbal, psychological aggression, stalking, and or technological or digital abuse. This behavior may occur during the relationship or even after the relationship has ended. Domestic violence seriously affects people regardless of gender, sexual orientation, religion, or socioeconomic status. However, it's really important to note that systemic racism in our social structures and policies has resulted in a disproportionate rate of domestic violence amongst Black women and men. Shockingly, 45.1% of Black women and 40.1% of Black men have experienced physical violence, sexual violence, or stalking from their intimate partners. These statistics highlight the urgent need to address the issue of domestic violence within the African-American community, which is disproportionately affected by this problem. And I am not underscoring, again, that domestic violence impacts everybody, but Black and African-Americans are disproportionately affected at greater rates. Systematically, this deprives African-Americans because we are already deprived access to economic opportunities and health care and education and also government support. It creates a higher risk of domestic violence in our community. This also results in additional obstacles to reaching a safe place for obtaining help as many government agencies and also support services are often distrusted, there are many different factors that create challenges for victims and survivors of domestic violence who identify as Black or African American. One of the major factors of the distrust of government agencies and also law enforcement due to the years of racial discrimination and abuse and the lives that have been lost at the hands of these systems is that we just don't trust the individuals that are supposed to protect and serve. So imagine that Black woman or imagine that Black man already not trusting a system that is supposed to protect and serve, but now this is the same system that I need to call to uphold an order of protection. This is the same system that I need to call because my significant other or my intimate partner or my husband is now physically abusing me. These agencies have typically been used to harass Black and African Americans or have been used to project racist stereotypes towards African Americans and Blacks. As human service professionals, 
who are used to client-centered case management or who are walking with your clients to get, you know, basic entitlements. We have witnessed how African-American clients are often treated, or we hear stories of how African-American clients are often treated in these systems. So oftentimes we hear right in our offices where I am the executive director, why I don't report, why domestic violence often goes silent. And this is also one of the reasons why we talk about often on this podcast, why representation matters. African-Americans who experience abuse may be less likely to call law enforcement due to the fears of their partner being brutalized or killed by police or being believed. The links to all of these statistics will be in the show notes. Based on a 2019 study, Black men are 2.5 times more likely to be killed by police than white men. And Black women are 1.4 times more likely to be killed than their white counterparts. Due to these fears, Many people are less likely to get police involved, even when their own safety is at risk. Even when I have just been beaten by my significant other, I don't want to call law enforcement. Systems have to change. Unfortunately, when victims reach out to law enforcement for support, they can end up in unhealthy and risky situations. Black women are especially likely to be criminalized, prosecuted, and incarcerated while trying to navigate and survive the conditions of violence in their lives. Compared to other groups, Black women are 80% more likely to be convicted for killing their abusive partner when defending themselves from abuse. When I was doing reentry work, when I was in D.C., a lot of times going into the prisons and meeting D.C. women, I can, I lost count how many women I met who were incarcerated and that was their crime. Miss Sherry, he hit me for the last time. I wasn't about to take it no more. Those were the stories. I had to protect myself and my child. I refused to let him put his hands on me anymore. I refuse to let him put his hands on my child anymore. These women are incarcerated for years away from their families and friends for years because they were defending themselves. Am I sitting here and saying that persons should not, if you commit a crime, you should do your time? That's not what I'm saying. But where is the rehabilitation? Where is it put into consideration that this woman was going, or this man was going through a traumatic event and she was protecting or he was protecting himself? Mandatory arrest policies for domestic violence disproportionately affect women of color and low-income women. This leads to even more distrust of law enforcement and means that Black women may be more likely to continue experiencing abuse, additional harm, or risk being arrested themselves instead of calling the police. 
You know, often when I speak at community events or do community training, a common question often comes up when speaking about victimology. And this question, it, oh, it pisses me off. And it's the, well, why don't they just leave? That question always stops me in my tracks every single time. And my internal self, trust me, I got to check myself before I answer that question and ensure that I am answering that question in an informed and empathetic manner. Because the person who's asking the question, they probably just have no clue. The question is not why don't they just leave? Because that can sound accusatory as if the victim wants the abuse. The real questions are why victims stay? So we're looking at the reasons and how can victims flee? Looking at the solutions. To answer the first part, victims remain because harm doers manipulate their partners to maintain power and control over relationships. Domestic violence is about power and control, and harm doers use eight methods to abuse their partners to keep this stronghold over them that cause them to stay. So there is this this tool that we use, and it's called the power and control wheel. And this power and control wheel, it outlines how a harm doer will keep a victim in this vicious cycle of violence. And the eight methods are coercion and threats, intimidation, emotional abuse, isolation, minimizing, denying, and blaming, using children, using male privilege, and economic abuse. These eight methods, along with things like cultural traditions, religious beliefs, can be the big reasons why a victim stays in an abusive relationship. And unless you are walking in the shoes of that man or that woman, Instead of asking why, be supportive and equipped with resources and possible solutions. You know, the data says it takes a victim seven times to either call a crisis line or to enter a DV shelter or to come into a DV agency for services before they finally leave that relationship for good. For this reason, you know, domestic violence service organizations and services and human service professionals who do this work and social workers who do this work and work in these environments, they're so essential for this month. And they're so essential every single day of the year who work closely with our victims and survivors. So if you are in a community that you have a local DV service agency or a dual service agency, so that's a dual service agency is an agency who both provides services for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, 
do him a favor this month. Bake him some cookies. Go take him some cookies. Order him a edible arrangements and just send it to the office. Make a donation, a monetary donation, and tell them that it's for general operating expenses. Um, go take them flowers. Do something nice for your local DV agencies this month because the work that we do, I promise you, you couldn't do it. It takes special people to do this level of work that we do. If you or someone you know is in need of services, again, don't ask why. Support them. Maybe call around and find out, do a Google search, find out where the nearest TV shelter is. Find out what the process is. Now, most TV shelters, they will need to speak to the victim, but find out what the process is. Find out what community resources are available. Support them by doing a safety plan. And a safety plan is a personalized, practical plan to help them improve their safety while they're experiencing abuse. Or if they say, I want to flee. Okay, tell them, make photocopies of all of their pertinent information or if they can tuck away birth certificates, identification cards, if they can start stashing away maybe a little bit of clothes here, a little bit of clothes there. If their abuser gives them money for groceries, if they could tuck away $2 or tuck away $5, who can they trust? If you are a friend who's listening to this episode, episode today and you know someone, if you are that trusting friend, be that trusting friend. If you are going to be that trusting friend that's a part of that safety plan, that she can come to you and you won't say nothing, keep your mouth closed. Don't say nothing. Create a non-judgmental environment for that victim. Because at the end of the day, as much as we like to say, I will never let somebody put their hands on me. You are never exempt from being on the opposite side of that desk. Now, I know it's going to be a heavy month. So I need you to make sure that you are doing some self-care after each of the episodes this month. Okay? Do that for me. Lastly, I want to dedicate this episode to my colleague friend, Rhonda Nixon. Last month, Rhonda Nixon passed away. And she was such a big advocate of domestic violence. And she was such a big advocate of the Wesley Shelter. And I remember when I first uh, started working in Wilson and I met Rhonda at a fundraiser. And she came up to me, this big personality. And when you meet me in person, I have a big personality. And she said to me, we need to know each other. And I was Sis, I know that's right. Every time you met Rhonda, she was full of love. She was full of life. And she loved community. She loved doing for her community. She loved talking about the amazing work that we do at Wesley Shelter. And she left this physical world on Friday, September 15th, and my soul has not been the same since, and I know she is 
so proud of the work that we are doing. And again, she was such a huge advocate of ours. And she was such a huge advocate of victims and survivors of domestic violence. So every single episode this month, I dedicate to my sister friend, Rhonda Nixon. Lovebug, I hope you rest in internal peace. So y'all know my saying, radical self-care is health care and kindness is free. So do me a favor today. Call somebody and tell them that you love them. Okay. Be kind to yourself and be kind to others. I love you so much for listening. And until next week, bye. Thank you.